0: Welcome to Grails, a podcast by Alton Insights. My name's John Tunger, and this is a bit of a different episode of Grails, or at least we're getting a more sports talky than we usually would because I'm joined by Cody Main, a writer for Established the Run, and we're recapping the NFL draft and how that relates to investing in sports cards, whether actual physical sports cards or fractionally on platforms like Rally, Otis, Collectible. We talk about everything from good values you can find, how the 2020 QB class is set up for success, some potential speculative cards that are worth looking at, and big shout out to Russell Lieberman, CEO of Alton Insights, for really just letting me lean into my love for football and fantasy football on this episode. But an interview with Cody Main, let's get started. If you've never heard of Establish the Run, they're basically a premium content business that provides really detailed insights, analytics, and data that you can take action on when you're playing DFS, or Daily Fantasy Sports. It's basically where, rather than playing fantasy football that lasts an entire season, you play whether it just be one game in what they call a showdown format, or over a weekend covering all of the football or basketball games that are being played, and as a contributor at the run or ETR. Cody is deep in the weeds and I mean really deep in the weeds when it comes to analyzing all of the data of how specific players are succeeding when you know for example a wide receiver is running routes out of the slot versus out wide. How a certain quarterback is playing when they're under pressure against a specific defense. Basically the goal of the content that he's writing is to help his readers get an edge about a player and win lots of money. Now he just actually launched a podcast with established the run called establish the collection. You should check it out. It's all about collecting and investing in assets in the sports category. But I'm a big believer that this wave of people who are interested in fantasy sports, joining the sports card and memorabilia asset categories is going to continue to be huge. And when I talked to Cody,
1: that idea was definitely solidified and it really makes a lot of sense. It was such a natural fit, right? And if you've played DFS or fantasy, you've probably experienced that, too. You're already doing the research on the players. You know, you're, you're whether it's season long or daily or weekly, you're already doing the work. You know who the players that are going to perform well are. And you're just ex- you're, you're extending that to the card world. And, and gosh, we all know this, the 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 process and the learning curve in the card market is steep. There's a lot to learn to make sure you're not making, you know, rookie mistakes. But the transition from from fantasy to, to card was just such a natural one for me. And it was kind of put into warp speed with, with the sports pause, right? Nothing to do, no sports to bet on, uh, you know, no live action to sweat. So it's just like, let me dive into the into the cardboard streets and figure out how to make money doing this. And so it was kind of a perfect time to get involved. I wish I'd got, gotten involved a little bit sooner. But yeah, um, yeah, it was, it was just such a natural transition to make the leap from fantasy and DFS to, to cards and finding a, a non-zero-sum way to bet on players and performance. Because like with DFS, if you're wrong, you're wrong. You're, you're not getting your money back. But at least right. like with cards, if you, if you bet on a player, uh, you know, and you make a mistake or your judgment was wrong, at least the card holds some value in most cases, right? It doesn't go to zero. So I love that aspect of it. And okay, what was the first card
0: that you ever bought? You're like cardboard. Okay, this is fun. I'm going to go buy this guy.
1: It was LeBron, selfishly. Uh, nothing of value because obviously it's LeBron and I didn't have you know I'm, I'm I'm not operating with a with a whale bankroll or anything like that. But I got a LeBron. Right. Um, that was
0: a pretty EV move. That was that's smart.
1: Yeah, and it's 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 yeah, and that's one. It's a card that I'll never sell. Um, but it was LeBron 2019 Prism, his first his, his Lakers jersey. Uh. I followed LeBron since I was a kid and figured it was just kind of a natural move, really cheap card and like a good way to get my feet wet with something that I just wanted to make sure I made the, you know, made something that I wouldn't hate in three months, even if it went to zero. So, yeah, like I said, I got involved fairly late in the game. Maybe, maybe some of you have collected for quite a while and you're thinking, oh my God, this is this guy's first purchase. But uh, my, my love for alternate investing is as, as many of you, if you're here, probably experienced the same feeling that I did with fractional and you know, making fractional investments was for me, the, the kind of getting my feet wet moment for the, the alternate investing world. So before cardboard, it was fractional.
0: And so you've said that
1: you've had experience in the fractional world. So that was that with rally. Uh,
0: What what was some of that experience from your side?
1: Yeah, I got started with rally in 2017, uh, early, early days. So I've been around for quite a while, man. This was like the wild, wild west of, I
0: think they got started in 2017.
1: Yeah. It's 2016 or 2017. It was pretty early. Um, I heard an episode on this, uh, this week in startups. Yeah. And it was like, okay, I got to check that out. Right. This is right up my alley. And they were only doing sports cars back then. Right. They were only doing the cars. They weren't even doing, you know, all the stuff that they're into now with dinosaur skulls and all that stuff. So, um, it was fun. I, I lurked for a long time. I'm like, there's no way this is how, how can this stuff hold value? And how do other people find this valuable? This, you know, owning 0.01% of a car. Right. So I, I lurked for a while. And then when I finally found some assets that I was interested in, I just started buying shares and I found the process to be so enjoyable. And like even, you know, bragging to my wife as she's looking at her checking account statement, like, what are these purchases to rally? What's rally road? <laughs> like, okay, let me show you. So I'm pulling up my phone and showing her my portfolio. She's like, oh, okay, well, that's stupid, but I'm glad you're happy. Right. So.
0: <laughs> well, and if you've been holding that long, you've probably, I don't know if you held on to those assets, but I feel like they probably would have appreciated quite a bit.
1: Well, yeah, most of them have. Trading windows lately have been rough if you've been on the platform, but you know, yeah, yeah. I had a lot of success early on and I'm and, and still enjoying the the platform, but yeah, it's, it was an, it's been an enjoyable experience and a profitable experience as, as any experience that's enjoyable is generally profitable for me. Right. right. And it's like, okay, I
0: like something. How can I find ways to make money on it? Uh, but with yeah. Rally, and it seems like from talking with them right there's things coming down the pipe i mean even just looking Mm -hmm. at the platform there's just people are just irrationally selling right now it seems like you can find a lot of things at crazy discounts even compared to current auctions so i just feel like even with rally with the irrational sell-offs there's a lot of opportunity to be found with everything that's going on
1: yeah there's such a with rally and with fractional in general i've i've been fascinated by it because there's such a game within a game Right, where you're not just trying to figure out what you think the physical asset is worth if it was sold at auction, but you're also trying to figure out what a, a market of your peers that don't have 300,000 to buy an asset with, you're trying to figure out what they're going to value their digital ownership of that asset. So if you see something go to auction and it's, it sells for 350,000, you're thinking, okay, on rally, the 200,000 some investors that are on the site will also value this at 350,000. And that's not always the case. Right. So it's it's been an interesting game within a game of trying to figure out which assets are are appropriately valued and, and when they're not appropriately valued, is it something the market's doing wrong or is it just because you know the the fractional is going to take a little bit of a hit?
0: Yeah, it's a good point. It's like a cultural edge of like you're like, what are the tre- the trends from my peers? How are they valuing
1: it? Have you been bu- have you been buying in some of these these crazy windows where the um, where everything seems to be dipping or?
0: just a little bit full disclosure but honestly i've been trying to make a lot of moves in cards and so a lot of my money even that i'd be investing in stocks is going into cards um because i think there's an interesting buying window right now with draft all the attention on these rookies you can buy some non-rookies there Uh, some of the rookies aren't getting as much attention as they should so that's where i'm focusing a lot of money but i want to get to that conversation when you're looking from that dfs perspective as something just crazy, like the draft just happened. What are f- some first things that come to your mind? What are you? What are some of the players that you're looking at um, that that first stick out?
1: Yeah, for me, I'm thinking in terms of draft, and even even further back, just in terms of free agency moves that that teams made in offseason additions or subtractions that teams made to their rosters. I'm trying to think of projecting that forward, how that can impact opportunity. And you know, obviously, if we're, we're looking at football cards, we're, we're generally talking about quarterbacks. We're looking at what teams did to improve their situation around their quarterback in most cases or improve the roster to put themselves in a position for a playoff run or maybe maybe put an added enough around a quarterback to make an MVP case, things of that nature. So just thinking about that, when when I'm looking at draft results and thinking in that respect, I'm thinking, what did what did teams add at the receiver position? to help help give their quarterback more skill position players, or what did they add on the offensive line? So a lot of these young quarterbacks just had baller drafts because they, these teams are prioritizing, building good rosters around them and they added wide receivers and offensive linemen with premium picks. So as we'll get into, there are a ton of guys that, that had just incredible drafts this, this last weekend.
0: Okay, let's well, let's just let's just dive in who your number one guy, if you're if you're looking for speculative buys, just purely based on who succeed in the draft, not formal financial advice. Mm -hmm. What guy are you looking at?
1: It's Tua for me, easy, easy number one, it's Tua. Okay, so so first of all, first of all, I love the the management and organization that the Dolphins have in place now and I trust them long term. So if I'm buying two in the offseason and I'm looking for potential selling windows, I know that I might have one in season because of what they've done. And I'll touch on that. But I know that if for some reason Tua's stock doesn't rise like I expect it to over the next 12 months or nine months in season, um, I know that I can hold long term because I think there will be at some point down the road where the management in the Miami facility will do something to help Tua succeed, whether it's a long playoff run or an MVP type season, uh, but they're, they're just building enough of a, of a roster around him that I think it's going to be a complete roster and whether it takes him a couple of years to, to really grow into his own, I think it's going to happen. But short term, man, they had an off season, right? They, they add quarterback elevator and, and Will Fuller speed, speedster. They needed skill position help. Devonte Parker is going to be back healthy on the opposite side. And then as if that wasn't enough, they had Jalen Waddle in the draft. Right. And, and I know people get sick of this if you're if you're following any draft coverage, but this guy's been comped Tyreek Hill. If you haven't heard this guy's freaking good. Right. So that's so it. now every you're year going, though, there's you're, a
0: couple of those guys, Tyreek Hill,
1: Tyreek Hill, Tyreek. <laughs> we're trying to identify outliers and, and we're terrible at doing that. But I'm telling you, this 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 three wide receiver set that the Dolphins are going to run this year is going to be much better than what Tua had around him last year. Obviously, they, they get rid of Ryan Fitzpatrick, who is just that pesky vet that's always looking over the young quarterback shoulder. Uh, So I don't, you know, just from a mentality perspective Tua's is not going to have to be worried about getting pulled in game or none of that stuff. So, so that's a huge help for me. And then they, on top of all this, they address the offensive line with a second round pick. So I'm just, I'm, I'm stoked for Tua and the the main reason why he's my number one. And there's some other guys from that class, his classmates that I love, but he's not valued there yet. Like the, he's not valued like the Joe Burrows and the Herberts because of the rough rookie season. So I expect him to kind of, Take that step, I hope, this season and and join that class. Now he might be a clear third, but maybe get in that top tier of the 2020 class.
0: Right. Oh man, that's just um yeah. So like obviously, and like I'll hold this one up. I posted it on Twitter, right? I got my uh I got the card I'm most stoked on, my gold out of 10 to uh, got a PSA nine, which feels like robbery to me. I feel like it should have been a 10. Um would have jacked up the volume or the value way more. So I'm debating literally right now, I'm talking to a guy from Golden Auctions about sending this in because in my yeah. mind, I've been like, I don't know. I just I, I look at him from last season and this is total armchair expert. Like usually I, I look to you to say who's doing good and who, who could be valued high. But all the hype was, hey, this guy, you know, he can't hit anyone unless they're just wide open. He can't hit in windows, injury. So that's just why I've been a little shaky. But I'm surprised to hear you say you're number one. That's- I do
1: think. Yeah, I do think you have to build a little bit of a narrative around Tua's 2021 or 2020 performance. You do, because he was he did struggle. And there are some things that you look at as the prospect that he came in um, expected to be. And he didn't he didn't perform up to those standards. He got benched for Ryan Fitzpatrick. But I think you can attribute some of those things to the COVID offseason. As you came with a lot of these young kids, they they didn't have a full training camp, uh, didn't Mm -hmm. have a full offseason. So there's some, there's some things that I expect him to improve on just naturally by getting some of those reps in in the offseason. Um, and then obviously he's one year more removed from that hip injury. That was a pretty devastating injury in college. So you do have to build a little bit of a narrative around Tua to I don't think that these are magical fixes for Tua by any means by giving him a couple couple better weapons um, and adding to his offensive line. But I think there, there are things that certainly help if you believe some of his struggles were at least attributed to the injury and to the COVID offseason. If you're looking for Tua –
0: um, right now, Dibs, I don't believe they have a a card. Um, oh, baby, they do. They've oh, they got do. a a
1: card. Yeah, I think they've got a silver and a base.
0: Oh, yeah. wow. Okay, so Dibs is a place you can go in and invest. Um, I think they're the only platform right now, but you could go to eBay and get some some actual cardboard of them. If so, you'd be looking, you know, we always like to do the, the baseline of a PSA 10. Uh, mm-hmm. Russell, the Alton CEO, says normalize nines because... You know, 10s just sometimes are a little out there, hard to get. Um, but yeah, okay. I could see two of being a good bet. I just, uh, it definitely makes me nervous.
1: What it's got to be nervous holding. Have you gotten comps on, on that card? Or do you have any comps available? Do you, know what it, it's, do you know what it should sell for?
0: It's the only one that's out there right now. Um, other what than are those 10s out of? Are
1: they out, are, they, are they out of 10? Are those it's golds out, of, out 10. of 10?
0: Yeah, gold out of 10. Um, it's the only one that's been graded. So it's not even like on the pop report. There's other ones out there. I want to say I've heard people say anywhere between five to 10 K, which is a big range. Yeah. And um, optic is
1: hot right now. Optic is hot. hot. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So there's, yeah, so that's, I love holding it. I love having it. But at the same time, I'm just like, man, could I move this to get into a a safer player? You know, everyone right now, so I even mentioned this earlier, everyone's all hyped on all these rookies, but even all of these guys, I feel like there's a premium for Tua, even for the Hertz of the world, for Herbert, because they're the hot action right now, where no one's really looking at a, you know, you have Kyler Murray over here. Who's just like, I'm over here, Josh Allen, you know, Hey, I just had a killer season. Right. And I feel like no one's really talking about going and buying their cards right now. And so I feel like there might be opportunities in players like them. Is there anyone in kind of that category? Who's not a rookie that you're like, Oh man, he was a winner from the draft. I gotta, I gotta start looking yeah, for him.
1: That's such a good point. And, and maybe the, the 2020 buying window on some of these guys like Herbert and Burrow actually happens when the 2021 product comes out, because then that's going to be the hot thing. You got to get Trey Lance and Justin Fields. Oh, my God, the Bears got a a franchise quarterback. You're going to see a ton of that. And I'm sure prices, maybe prices come down on some of these 2020 guys. Um, But for me, yeah, it's crazy because, like you said, with Allen, he just had an MVP caliber season. And you're paying the same amount for some of these 2020 kids that are still unproven as you are for a, a base Josh Allen. And we I think we know what Josh Allen is at this point. Right. Right. But Josh Allen is another good case study of like the team did everything that they needed to do to build around him from offensive coordinator to weapons, bringing in digs. I think another team that did that, that I'm hoping can get back to and he's already had an MVP season. So I'm hoping he can get back. There is Lamar. mm. We, We saw Lamar super hot, hottest quarterback in the league two years ago. MVP season, his his PSA 10, uh, his, his prism in a PSA 10 almost touched four grand during that MVP run and shortly wow. after. So he got up there and you can find, I mean, you can find Lamar for, I think he was on dibs for like 850 recently in his just his Panini prism PSA 10 base card. Wow. And you can find you can find comps on eBay pretty similarly priced anywhere from 800 to a little less than a thousand. So their draft made a whole lot of sense to me and then they just added an offensive tackle today um uh Alejandro Villanueva from the the Steelers which is is big to me yeah he's um, a they added Kevin Zeitler and and then they they really beefed up their skill position skill position core we had that we had Lamar throwing to Willie Sneed and Miles Boykin and Devin Duvernay <laughs> like guys that people listening to this probably don't even know unless you're right. a sicko like me and they're grinding every showdown slate they, they add Rashad Bateman, which I think to me is huge. They add Sammy Watkins, and, and say what you will about Sammy Watkins. I think he's another QB elevator. I think he does some things that make QBs look better. Um, gosh, I, it seems crazy that he couldn't really become uh, just a, a true alpha opposite Tyreek Hill or, or you know, 1B opposite Tyreek Hill with Patrick Mahomes. But I'm expecting him to obviously be an upgrade over the other guys that I just mentioned. And then I'm a big fan of Rashad Bateman, and them using a first round pick on on a wide receiver in the draft was huge to me. It shows right. to me that they 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 want to build around, uh, you know, give give Lamar players to throw the ball to. And then they added a fourth round pick in Tylen Wallace, and Tylen Wallace was you know he was a baller in college too. So I I just think they made big upgrades at the skill position core. And he's one of those electrifying guys, and he gives killer press conferences, and he's a yeah. ton of fun. And I think the the Ravens have a legit chance to make a playoff run again this year. So yeah, that's, that's somebody not in that 2020 class that I think their team did a lot to, to help him improve and make some steps forward in 2021. I got to talk about my guy. The guy I've been betting a
0: lot on is Jalen Hurts. And maybe it's because I listen to too much Adam Lefko, and he's losing his mind for him. Uh, but I feel like even when you talk about Tua, Tua is still getting a premium on Jalen Hurts and nobody's really talking about him, right? Even in a lot of shows, like he just kind of gets skipped over on football podcasts and stuff. Is like, oh yeah, that'll probably be good. Um, but in my mind, and here's my case from a fantasy football perspective, and I think there's a lot of fantasy football people who are pouring into the card space. He's that guy next year that people are going to draft in the eighth round of their fantasy drafts, and he's going to potentially be a league winner, right? He's going to run a bunch of touchdowns in. He's going to get a ton of points that way, and he's going to be he's going to become very popular from that sense um so yeah so that's my pitch for jalen Hurts, and i'm kind of going all in i i'm this is a real life dilemma for me because i am uh i have an out of 10 gold select that i have an offer for and i'm mm-hmm. waiting to click buy on that uh until after this podcast to hear your concerns or if you think it's a good move
1: <laughs> no you bring up a really interesting point on hertz And with the fantasy community really accepting the card world, and and, oh my gosh, we should have touched on this tonight. There was a, I don't know if you saw this on DraftKings, there was a contest that first place was a Luka Doncic uh, PSA 10 Prism Auto.
0: Wow, I did not see that.
1: talk about the fantasy world really embracing collectibles. It's so huge to see that they did the DraftKings did a Punks contest, CryptoPunks contest a couple of weeks back, where first place won a CryptoPunk um, wow. for a PGA contest. So, yeah, again, talking about just just the fantasy world and the DFS world as a whole, really embracing collectibles and and uh, kind of adding some sort of um, legit just legitimizing it for a bunch of people that have made money in the DFS community. So, yeah, you you bring up a good point, and Hertz has some of like that that Lamar. Uh, shine to him when lamar was like the the ninth round sexy pick and and redraft and best ball and then had that stellar season that mvp season right i could see Hertz being that this year too and and talk about a draft winner Hertz gets devonta smith in the first round
0: (laughs) and nobody's talking
1: about it like i was like you're right you're right it does seem like it's just yeah getting getting devonta smith they get jalen rager They've got Greg Ward, who is just a baller out of the slot. Some people might not even be aware of how good Greg Ward is as a slot receiver. Big fan of that. They've got a good three-wide receiver set. Uh, And they did address the the offensive line in round two with um, Brandon Thorne, which if you guys aren't following Brandon Thorne and you're into football, he is like an invalid. He's he's so good on Twitter because he's just deep into like offensive line play. Wow. It's so important to understand offensive line play. He does like offensive line and defensive line content at ETR. And he graded he rated the he he put out his rankings for the draft. And in the second round, they got his top interior offensive lineman in Landon Dickerson. So they really upgraded their roster to get a fair, fair evaluation of Hertz. Obviously they shipped out Wentz, so I feel like they're kind of betting on him. Now, obviously they're not married to Hertz. If they want to draft a quarterback next year, they certainly can. But I think they did enough this offseason to say we want to get a true eval on on what Hertz is. I think he's going to step up to the plate and perform. So yeah, if you're, if you're saying is now the time to buy, I think you, I think he might be this 2020 class is just sick.
0: Right. And so that's very speculative. You know, I'm probably looking to make an end of the season, you know, flip or something like that. Um, Evan, if you're listening, please add a Hertz card on dibs that would yes. be greatly appreciated. Okay. Other players that you want to hit on were, as we're talking about this.
1: Yeah, I think I've, I've alluded to it enough. The 2020, just the entire 2020 class, if you just want to bet on the class and you're, and, and you're like waffling on which player you want to bet on. OK, well, Cody's made a good case for Tua and John's made a good case for Hertz. And obviously, there's still Burrow and Herbert and and maybe even Jordan Love now, which is crazy with the Aaron Rodgers saga. Just bet on 2020 sealed wax. Just go and if you've got the, the bankroll to buy it, just go and buy hobby boxes, right? Just go and buy Select. Just go and buy Prism and just hold it because... One of these guys is going to come out of this class as just a legitimate baller, year in and year out, maybe an MVP front runner. There's just too much talent with this 2020 class and and too many of these teams are doing things that are smart and building around their quarterback that it's going to be tough for all these guys to fail. So if you don't want to bet on on one of them, just buy a box, man, and just hold it. If you can, if you can afford to have like one sitting behind you and you're not going to rip it the second that you, you know, get excited then just hold it because as as these players start to improve and perform obviously the price of the box is going to go up too. So if you're not if you're not wanting to make specific bets just just bet on sealed wax. So I think the true big winner of of the draft was just the entire 2020 class. All of these teams I think with with you know premium quarterbacks did things to make their situation better.
0: Yeah, that's a really good take. And honestly, when I don't I don't really think about that much. I mean, it, and it makes sense for all the years and obviously there are more vintage boxes, but you see those getting a ton of value, especially on fractional mm-hmm. marketplaces and um, you know, maybe you're not looking at a big valuation like hundreds of thousands, but gosh, you could easily see them get a get a multiple. So, I want to hit on more of this the fantasy community diving into cards because I think it really is going to change the way that people start to collect, start to invest. I think people come in maybe from an investor mindset, but then realize, oh, wait, this is really, really cool and do just become collectors. Um, what's your take on on how this is going to change the landscape as people like me and you start to come in more?
1: Yeah. And as, as the fantasy community fully adopts collectibles and as more money comes into the space and legitimizes cards as you know forms of investing and forms of, of places to store your wealth, it's going to change the industry and how people make money in the industry. A lot of these guys that come from the DFS and the fantasy world are are people that have found a way to make money by betting on sports outcomes, you know, and it's, it's what they do for a living, right? And if not for a living, it's what they do for, you know, hobby type income. So when they, when they're looking at these things, they're going to look at, look at through it from that lens and you are going to see what we might consider mistakes, right? They might be valuing something that, that shouldn't be valued at what we think it should be valued at as -hmm. people that understand the cardboard market. Uh, But they may see it as that way. So I think just understanding, um, you know, how different people might value assets and as you see things change, just don't dismiss it. It's going to be such a big point. If, if you see if you see certain assets being valued um, at crazy valuations that you that doesn't make sense to you, uh, don't dismiss it because there is just a ton of new people getting involved in the space and different entry points now and everything's going digital. So it's the, the barriers of entry here are extremely low. And you're going to have people that have a few bucks to spend on cards. And you're going to have people that have thousands of dollars to spend on cards that have legitimately made a living out of betting on sports. So I just think that the industry is in for, for some disruption just with the type of people getting into it. I'm curious what you, th- I don't know what you think if, if you think fantasy and DFS type people will really have that big of an impact on, on valuations.
0: Yeah, I think it will. I think it'll affect the value of uh, skill position players, right? A lot of collectors just yeah. care about the QBs a ton i think if i'm a fantasy player i i want the aj brown card because i think aj Mm -hmm. brown is undervalued i want to go hold his cards because he could be a game breaker next season so that's just exciting from a fantasy standpoint and now if i can make money on that even better
1: yeah that's such a good point about skill position players because if we are talking about fantasy and these guys coming into the space they don't they might not know from the very beginning what what to value they might think that the players that you know get the screen time and the players that score fantasy points for their fantasy football teams are the players that they should be invested in. And if, if that's the case, you're going to see running backs and wide receivers and some of the top tight ends just become premium assets. So, I, yeah, you could see that shift happen pretty quickly if these people really adopt the collectibles world.
0: I think, Yeah, I think that. And... And then I think you're right in just the volume of money that's going to start coming in. The biggest barrier to entry, even for a lot of people that are listening to this podcast, is going to be the education. Because I'm sure we're saying terms that people are like, "Okay, wait, what the heck does that term mean?" Mm-hmm. Rookie patch auto, all that. Uh, you guys on established the collection. I love the segment where you're going over 101 concepts. I think that's really, really helpful. Um, I think that's going to be a big barrier that people need to get over. And I think even for those of us who are really deep into the collectibles and investing world, even this podcast. I think we probably say way too many buzzwords that people, that create a barrier to entry. And so I think that's gonna be a big thing as an industry that we need to figure out too.
1: Yeah, and even ETR's co-founder, Adam Levitan, he was mentioning that he was involved in some contest, I believe it was on Starstock. And when we pitched him the show, he's like, as long as you guys can help me not ever buy a college jersey, Jalen Hurts again. (laughs) So even someone, you know, as, as plugged in and, you know, understands the world and understands sports, made a mistake of buying a college jersey and thinking that this thing was going to hold value not understanding that you know the the true rookie cards are you know their first NFL jersey card right so you're right there is such a, a such a learning curve and not even just understanding performance and how performance uh, affects card prices and and popularity and things like that but just understanding which cards to buy and which cards are going to hold value even even short term and long term is is still a pretty big barrier how would you recommend someone who's brand new to start getting into buying
0: physical cardboard where should they start
1: yeah such a good question if you if you found if you found the podcast from the fractional world or if you found the podcast from fantasy and dfs you've already done your research right you're already doing the things that are going to make you a good collector and a good investor try and get started at a at a point where you're not going to feel bad if you make a mistake like my lebron $75 $75 2019 Lakers card that I bought, the first card that I bought off of eBay, I wasn't going to feel bad if that card was terrible or if I shouldn't have bought it or if it went to zero. Buy something that you feel comfortable buying and, and start at an entry point that you feel comfortable with. If something loses value and it, it makes you sick that it loses value, it's it's out of your price range. Yeah. So if you're looking on eBay, find something that fits your budget, find a player you like, and then just make sure, just like you've done your research on on rally and divs and collectible or you're you're doing your research on, you know, for, for fantasy, just make sure you're, you're making bets that are on players that you believe can can appreciate in value if you're doing this for something that, that can potentially make you money. And as you're talking, I'm thinking, you know, if
0: you combine an ETR subscription with the Alton Assets database of, of all of these alternative assets, you're probably in pretty good shape. So there's a little easy plug right there. For the lawyers in the back, a quick disclaimer. You understand that by listening to this podcast, you are not receiving financial advice. No content published here constitutes a recommendation that any particular security, transaction, or investment strategy is suitable for any specific person. You alone are solely responsible for determining whether an investment, security, or strategy, or any other product or service is appropriate or suitable for you based on your investment, objectives, and personal financial situation. Please speak with a financial advisor to understand if the risks inherent in trading are appropriate for you. Trade at your own risk.